You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry! I am your father. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Sharp Angles. Um, we're back after, I don't know, I guess a brief slumber. Um, <clears throat> coming at you uh, with a fresh episode and then follow up, um, I guess, quite shortly. Um, you know, not like the usual month uh, with another episode. Um, this month's episode is, uh, of course, we're talking about Iron Man 3. We're still marching down the... Marvel Cinematic Universe trail, um, so we're we're about to hop into that, um, but um, I guess uh, you know we'll go down and um, you know introduce the crew. Of course, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and then we got Danae <clears throat> and, and Jeanette. Okay, so in this case, um, you know how we've run down the other episodes um, where we have a fanboy, um, a novice, and a neophyte. Um, I don't know if we actually have that configuration this time. No, we? actually, I, we do because, okay. uh, but the roles are a little reversed today. So I am the neophyte in this case, as um, as will be the case in Captain America: Winter Soldier, actually, because yep. I had never seen this movie, whereas Jeanette has watched it twice now and took well, notes I, the second time. Yes, and I, I watched it twice actually in the space of twenty four hours. Because it was just that good. There you go. So it, it's a little bit of a role reversal in um, in our little universe, little earth shattering here, <laughs> um, because I had never seen this movie before. And I guess Rich had watched it, and he mm-hmm. was like, "Ugh," is what he said. And I was so I was not excited. Well, I, you should see Jeanette's face. <laughs> Jeanette's face is aghast. Right? It's I a re- am. <laughs> Why didn't you like it? I'm not trying to jump ahead or anything, but well, I, what? I when I when I first saw it, I don't know if it was maybe the day I watched it or the mood I was in or whatever it was, or whether GameStop was sucking <clears throat> your soul away. I mean, or or something, because you know, I, I don't know. I when I when I watched it, I was just like, I just I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel the the story connecting. But I will say, on this particular instance, when we saw it again. Uh, yesterday, you saw it again. Well, when I saw it again yesterday, um, you know, I had a I had a very different take on it. Um, uh, you know, maybe it was because I was expecting some things to happen, and then maybe I heard or remembered them differently. And then when the event actually happened on screen, I was like, "Wait, well, that was actually pretty awesome." You know, instead of maybe I was like paying t- paying attention to something else, and then you know, like that, you know, it, I don't know, I missed I missed a you know a key element of the story the first time I watched it or something like that. But um, I definitely feel different this time um, watching it um, than I than I did the first time, for sure. In a, in a good way? Uh, yeah, no, definitely in a more positive way, yes, okay. for sure. Um, but um, I guess let's, like, let's kick it off um, with, uh, with Danae. So what did you think? You know, like it's the first time watching it, you know, the impressions, yeah. you know, uh, score, that kind of thing? I thought it was actually really fantastic out of the Marvel Marvel not Marvel um, out of the Marvel movies we've watched I actually think that this might be the best one I've seen um, 
even including Avengers and all of that. And despite the fact, because... Yeah. You liked it better than Thor? That better than uh, say it again, Thor. You better than Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a tough call. It was a tough call. I mean, I will say that I had to pause it once to use the ladies, but um, nothing can compare to how many times we paused Thor. So it's a tough, tough call. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. W- well interjected. Um, no, I have so. So, skipping ahead, I knew that Tony survived this whole ordeal. A, because it's a Marvel movie, right? And, you know, generally most people survive unless it's being directed by Joss Whedon. Um, But it was a um, edge-of-your-seat ride from the really the opening credits to the end of the movie, I, I have to say. And and we've talked about a little bit about how the Iron Man movies have had these toothless villains. Well, whomever wrote this made up for that in spades. This villain was terrifying, absolutely awe-inducing in terms of his power, his sheer evil, his plan. And Tony acknowledges at the beginning of the movie that he has created this demon that is so insanely terrifying. And the fact that he took ownership of that from the get-go when he's talking was really astonishing in the very best way. You know, like, talk about character development. It's taken us three, three movies to get there, but he's getting there. Now... Does he stay there? Well, we can have that conversation after we watch Avengers 2. Um, because he, he, this is not the only demon he creates, right? Right, sure. Yep. So, well, or he gets credited creating. Right, or he gets credited creating, yeah. right? Um, so oh, it's a reference to Avengers 2. Though I would, I, go ahead. I, and I do, I do know the storyline for Avengers 2 or the Age of Ultron. Um, but there was one little comment you made that had me kind of, confused but that we can get to that later so okay about Iron Man, no no please this is the forum we we exist in do interrupt yeah no but I mean, it's the beginning of our podcast about iron man 3 so i i figure we should focus on that at least for the first 10 minutes you know? oh well, well, okay we'll work <laughs> on enough. that fair well, enough um so i loved this movie uh, i would give it actually a 4.9 out of 5 if we're going there i i that's how good i thought it was and i i mean I actually might even give it a five with very little hesitation. I and that's about as good as it gets. I, I don't give out fives. <laughs> it's just not in my nature. So. Oh wow! All right. So that's, that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. So like very high praise. Yes, for, I for loved Iron it. I thought it was great. Cool. All right. I mean, I mean, actually, that, that kind of gets me jazzed up a little bit about um, what's to come later. Okay. Um, because I mean, if you feel this strongly about Iron Man three. When we hit Captain America 2, it's going to, like, blow your socks off. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I did not think that I could like a Marvel movie better than I liked Captain America 2. Um, but Iron Man 3 was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I'm with Danae 1,000% when I say I want so badly to give it a 5. And I'm not going to give it a 5 on principle alone, but mm-hmm. 4.9, easy. Easy. Totally. It oh. was 
It was great from just about every single perspective. Number one, special effects, awesome. Mm, but let's say that's it, true. You kind of expect that from Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, number two, though, character development, I yes. thought, was phenomenally yes. done. I really, really liked how how Tony was so human. I mean, he had panic attacks, for heaven's sake. That I was mean, brilliant. True. That that's was so true. brilliant. Yep. And yet, he was still the same. He was still the same character in a lot of ways. I mean, he's such a jerk and tells this poor little boy whose father ran off not to be a pussy. Like, oh. <laughs> yes, that happened. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> and then yells at him about making him a tuna fish sandwich. Yes. So he's still obviously the same Tony, but he's he's a Tony with some serious baggage dragging behind him, especially because of the whole New York thing that went down in uh, in Avengers. So I thought they did a very good job, number one, of tying it into that, uh, with one when, one caveat, which we can get to later. Um, and number two, did a great job of building off of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, even, okay, speaking of characterization, though, even Gwyneth Paltrow was like, dang, at least one point, and I was very impressed with her, and then she opened her mouth again and forgot that. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the fact that I could almost, Almost, well, no, I can't. The fact that I can say something nice about Gwyneth Paltrow's character in these movies says something right there. Yes. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's we're true. not we're not Gwyneth fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nobody in her camp here. So, but I I do think like so so often you think of these epic battles, these you know these godlike superheroes coming together to face off an evil, and then it's over, and what happens next? Right, and you get these like forces and destruction and this, and then everybody just walks away. And you know, the hero is standing tall, proud, whatever, because he slash she did a good thing for the country, humanity, whatever. And you don't get the psychological impact that happens after. And it's you know, it's so it was so real that he ended up. Um, so frail and so impacted by what happened in New York, the fact that he almost lost his life, though he would never admit that, right? You know, everybody wants to know, how'd you survive the wormhole? The little boy at the very beginning when he's sitting with um, Rhodey at the cafe and, you know, some a little girl recognizes him and comes up and asks him, to. she drew a picture and wants him to sign it. And the, her little brother, who he says... Loved you in a Christmas story because he's got these horror room glasses. It was really funny. He's blonde. Um, he, and, he, and the little boy goes, how did you survive a wor- the wormhole? And all of a sudden, he goes tearing out of the restaurant. And, like, I had totally forgotten, to be honest with you, about the fact that he fell through the wormhole. I, I didn't remember any of that. Like, I couldn't figure out at first what was happening, why he was freaking out so badly. And he gets in the suit where... He has Jarvis diagnose him, and he thinks it's a heart attack. He thinks it's this. He thinks it's that. And Jarvis diagnoses him with a panic attack. And he's like, no. But he runs to the place where he has armor, right? Where he's protected, where there's nothing can get to him. And it's just such a human moment. How many times have we felt anxious and we go to the safest place we know? Um, and he, he seems so impervious that to have it physically impact him this much was honestly... The best, the best thing they could have ever done with his character. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know. I especially with Tony, who's so crusty at times, so flippant, so glib. You know, to have this, to be so so vulnerable, and to have a kid be the one who creates the turning point for him, right? You know, and um, we can get to that later. But you know, he. It's just such a. It's such a magical thing. It was such a such a magical thing in terms of of storyline, character development. But humanity, the, the demonstration of humanity in this movie, I think. I don't know. And yet, in the midst of all that, the writers still managed to maintain the perfect level of snark. Yes. From to finish. Yes. Which I absolutely loved. Yep. I mean, there was, one, there was one line I had to write down just because it was so good. But I, I'm, I feel as if we're taking away from Rich's summary, so oh, I'm, I'm fine turning it over to you, Rich. Oh, all right. I mean, hey, so so basically, you know, when I, what I thought... Um, when I saw the the movie the first time, was to be honest, I I wasn't too sure about um, how I felt about the turn, like the reveal at the at the uh, at, at towards the end of the latter half of the movie with Ben Kingsley's character. I loved it. I thought it was a stroke of genius. I I, I appreciated it when I first saw it, but I didn't like I. I think that that was part of the thing. Like, I got up or I walked away or something like that. And then, like, I was like, what is happening? You know, and and I didn't, I don't think I felt, I don't think I felt, or, you know, like, almost anything towards, like, that action happening. I'm like, okay, well, that's a little weird. And, you know, like, I don't know. I guess I was getting things out of context because that kind of soured it for me. And then it became, like, you know, um, <clears throat> then it became the story of, like, you know, super jacked up Guy Pierce against you know and his and his, and his cronies um, against like a, an, you know an army of Iron Men. I didn't realize that was Guy Pierce. I didn't, I honestly didn't recognize him. I, I yeah, you Guy know, Pierce played uh, from Memento. He was the guy in Memento. Yeah. Oh, I hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Guy's not getting any love today. Oh man. That movie was awesome. <laughs> Here's the thing. It was an awesome idea, but again, because my memory is so awful, it was one of the most frustrating experiences for me ever. So I'm oh, not, yeah, I'm not actually to trying to keep up, yeah. It's more bashing my brain. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep. You well, sort of felt like the main character in the movie. Well, yes. I mean, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. totally lost. Yep. Which irritates me. I don't, like, I don't particularly enjoy being lost, yep. mentally speaking. Chopping. I, I've seen that movie at least five or six times and there are still things that I don't know. Mm. Like at the end of that movie, like I know a little bunny trail about Memento, at the end of that movie I have no idea like whether or not he actually like did it, whether or not there was a person that was real that he was tracking at none of it. Whether it was I don't think Joe Pantoliano's character who knows. I don't think you're ever supposed to know. Right. So I, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it was that was weird, but um but yeah. So seeing it the second time though, like the second viewing of Iron, of Iron Man three for me was actually really cool, mm. um because I did get that connection, and maybe it was because I had the prior viewing to kind of open my eyes a little bit. I appreciated, you know, the the fact that you know, the the there was um like a, a clear line like every time you saw. Ben Kingsley's character, it was all about, you know, you know, him being like severe and cold and calculating and, you know, all the stuff. 
And then, you know, when you find him later, like, stumbling out of the bathroom because, you know, he's, like, high off his ass, you know, yep. it, it's it's crazy. Like, it's, it's um, you know, it's it's kind of, it's kind of, like, it opens the door for Tony Stark to, like, snark him up a little bit. Right. You know? I also think it, it, it changes the power differential, too, right? Right, right. You know, so, like, at, so for, for Iron Man, this, this big tough guy who stupidly foolishly goads you know though very in character goads oh Jeanette go ahead in his defense there he didn't want to say anything to the press the press pushed his buttons that time (laughs) his friend had just gotten blown up was in a coma might never ever wake up again and he's like I don't want to talk to any of you get out of my face and they keep pressing in on him you know, what What are you going to do? Uh, are, are you going to do something about it? Basically putting the whole entire weight of this on his shoulders, and he snapped because he's not in a good emotional place himself. So I, I have to I have to grant him a little leeway on this one. I, to a degree, right? I, I would agree. I, like, he snaps, and I get that. Like, who hasn't been at that point where you kind of lose your crap? Right? He lost his crap. Mm-hmm. But... Still not the best move. <laughs> not the best move, especially since your girlfriend, who you claim, whom you claim to love, is living with you, and you broadcast your address to the entire world for, you know, the purpose of what goading an attack, right? Like you, you want somebody to come after you. You want a reason to go after that person. What's the matter? You can't hear us. Oh no. Oh, call dropped. We lost her. <laughs> we'll call back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll call her back. Um, but you want a reason to attack that person? We're calling Jeanette back. Yep. Excuse the interruption, folks. Snack time. Snack time. Go get a drink. Go get a drink while we uh, hook this back up. You want to bring it in? No, you love the sound of the Skype call. She's not picking up. Oh no. What's happening? Um, just keep talking, she says. Just keep talking. All right. Well, we're, we're talking. So. So, um, anyway, I have a hard time with the ringing. Um, yeah. And your call attempt, she says. Um, so, you know, he goads this attack and he's not in a good emotional place and he goads this attack. And of course, you know, as a show of force, whomever responds, the Mandarin responds, right? Um, and the reality of the situation is, oh, she's calling. Yay. Are the peasants rejoicing? Yep, I'm back. Right. Huzzah! The peasants are rejoicing. Um, so he goes to this attack, right? Um, and he gets the sh- full show of force from the Mandarin, right? And this, and his amazingly beautiful cliffside house is completely and utterly decimated. He, Pepper, and that biology botanist, botanist. Yeah, but wasn't her name Maya? I think I have that in my notes. Somewhere. I have no idea. The botanist. Yeah. 
he, Pepper, and Maya almost, almost are destroyed completely and irrevocably. People think he's dead, right? He ends up, you know, at the bottom of the ocean in a suit. And it the power differential is such that you don't think he can return from that, right? You know, he's just, everything that he knows and loves is decimated. And the great thing about these hero stories and in all literature, movies, whatever, is that... You know, we know that they come back. Generally speaking, they come back, you know. and um, But the the shift, the power differential shifts back when Tony finds um, the Mandarin, quote unquote. I think his name is Jerome in reality, like, or something like that. Um, yeah, I think so. And he is sloppy high and drunk and in bed with prostitutes and sort of... A little how they portray, how American media portrays some of these um, head of terrorist cell leaders in some ways. This bevy of women, this, you know, in these compounds that are sort of like, you know, a little squalid and, you know, armed with guards, but no real life happening there. Right. You know, and and he finds him and he's stupid and sloppy and this this man who was who has um basically struck fear into the hearts of every single person perhaps on the planet is completely and totally impotent at that point and tony gets that power back to some degree or another but then the mystery is in why slash how he is able to do this right you know and 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 who is really the puppet master because Jerome is really a puppet. And so, and the, the, the quest to figure that out. And of course, Pepper is in peril and the whole thing. But I just think like that was such a stroke of genius. You know, like you have this terrifying villain who stands there and he shoots a guy, even though the president is calling. Right. And, but that's, that's something I want to bring up at some point is, so he shoots the guy, the, the banker, right? But then when he's coming, stumbling out of the bathroom to the women, he's like, they won't even let me have real guns, right? Because they don't trust me. So did he shoot him or did he not shoot him? I was still confused about that too. And after watching it twice, I was still confused. Right. Perhaps that's the reason for the 4.9, right? Um, <laughs> uh, actually, there's actually one very big reason why. Okay. Uh, I can't quite give it a five. Fair enough. But, but um, the storyline was so good that I don't care. Right. <laughs> exactly. So... I just think, like, and Ben Kingsley, I, who is amazing, a great stage actor, a wonderful, I, I think, a wonderful human being in a lot of senses, you know, played Gandhi, played all these amazing, magnificent roles, is kind of laughable and supposed to be, which is even better. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely, like I said, it played way better the second time when I, when I saw it. Um, but that ex- that explanation, the thing that you were, you were just talking about, um, you know, did did um, did the Mandarin in air quotes actually pull the trigger or not? I mean, it's weird. Like I knew what was going to happen in that in that scene. Right. So I watched very closely the reaction of the character. And if you look closely, you might see that he himself has a little glint of fear 
you know, like as the, you know, the, you know, as that is happening. Jerome. Yeah. Jerome. Because, because, okay, well, you know, the phone actually rang. And so, I mean, I think maybe his his character, you know, like he, he was supposed to look off camera to be like, well, what do I do now? Do I pick up the phone? Do I talk to him? Do I ad lib? What do I do? And then you hear the gunshot and it, and it's like, he's, he's not calculating or cold in that very moment where the gunshot goes off he's actually almost surprised so so i mean i don't know like did he or didn't he but if he did and he did pull the trigger and he did kill that guy then how is he so like just like happy go lucky and glib and 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 you know like passes everything off later on like you just killed some dude you know what? I was wondering the same exact thing, but really, if he has deluded himself this far with drugs and his own yeah. brain, then he could he could continue to to delude himself. So I don't think that's an unrealistic aspect. Weird, yes, but I actually do think it could happen in real life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with Jeanette. I think that he was, and I think for whatever reason, the the substances like like Tony's suit of armor, the substances that he was abusing were his suit of armor, right? Like, he he's the one who is... He's hiding in something much more dangerous than an Iron Man suit, um, and which is why he's never sober when you see him not as the Mandarin, right? He can pull it together for the act, the 30 seconds, the minute, the whatever, but he can't keep it together, right. you know, past that. Jeanette? Okay, and can I- since we're, since we're talking about that very moment where, you know, the, the banker accountant guy does die, what in the world was the president thinking? Seriously. What, calling? Yes, negotiating with terrorists. I'm sorry, but I was very disappointed with him in that moment. He said it was yeah. the right thing to do. But it wasn't. It wasn't. He was basically sacrificing one life for however much freedom or, or more lives. Mm. So I understand yeah. it was the emotional reaction. I get that it's not fun to watch someone die especially when technically you could stop it, but it was still a very inappropriate move on his part and not very presidential. There we go. That's true. <laughs> I, I got the impression, though, from the way the movie was written that he wasn't a very good president. Actually, you know what? Okay, so uh, the Marvel movies in general, like pretty much everything else out of Hollywood, definitely has a political spin. Sure. But I find it rather fascinating how how hard the writers have to fight themselves in order to get their own political opinions across while still promoting this all-American, I'm going to fight the bad guys kind <laughs> of character um, and, and storyline. And oftentimes it contradicts itself mm. quite badly, actually. Sure. sure. I would agree with that. Yeah, the this it is all-American. And even the... Um, Iron Patriot, Iron Patriot, right? Yeah, or War Machine. War Machine, otherwise known as War Machine, right? But Iron Patriot was... What's that? War Machine rocks with an X. (laughs) With an X, with an X. (laughs) Yep, so much cooler than Iron Patriot, right? So, you know, they rename it. It was a PR thing. You know, I guess War Machine was not, you know, politically correct or however you want to view it. They rename War Machine Iron Patriot. They pimp out his armor in red, white, and blue. He's this embodiment of sort of like Captain America, this embodiment of Americana, right? 
and you know they're trying to save the president who you know in clips you get the sense that perhaps they were trying to you know damn him and save him at the same time you know because he did some terrible bad things um but Iron Patriot comes and he's like, yeah, I'm going to save you. You look good in that suit, Mr. President, but I'm going to need it back, right? And you get this all-American, you know, thing, but then the oil spill is bad and this, that, the other, and, you know, yada, 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 so. Okay, but that was one of the moments where I just had to shake my head was when, was when, uh, okay, the bad guy, Jerome, is telling the president, yeah, you know, there was a time when this is this is the very ship that spilled all that oil, and because of you, all the fat cats got away with it. And the president just looks at him and goes, what do you want me to do? And he goes, oh, nothing. That's just the PR spin I'm going to put on it because it sounds good to the American public. And I was like, oh, my gosh, do you realize? Do you realize that you're just completely killing your whole entire argument right there? Right. I and to some degree, I don't think this man needed a reason. Um, his name, what was his name? Ki- Killian. Killian is the the real Mandarin, right? Killian. Yeah, yeah I you're right. Sorry, Killian. Not um, yeah. And he is the guy who goes from being somebody who looks like he probably has uh, cerebral palsy um, with the way, you know, they made him up in the whole hunch and the cane and his teeth and the whole thing. And Tony meets him in the elevator tricks him into going up to the roof and then never meets him. Yeah, right? he kind of ditches him up there, yeah. Yeah, ding-dong ditches him. Really bad. Not a nice thing to do. Anyone who's ever been in high school or middle school knows that that's sort of a bullying thing. It's it's oh, not yeah. very nice. Um, yeah. Right, total, total dick move. And um, it, it creates this burning passion to um to just destroy things really to you know and and then the botanist maya question mark gives him the vehicle to do so and he becomes this agent of terror i mean really he and his whole purpose was to own the market share on terror that's what he says at one point like I own the market on terror. There's nothing anyone else can do about it, right? I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. And terror, that's what he wanted. That thats that was the whole purpose. A PR spin is one thing, but having people fear him to the point where they cannot move on with their lives was really his purpose, I think. Yeah, I agree. You're very laconic today. What? What are you? <laughs> Either that, or we're just talking too much today. That could be it. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. Uh, it is maybe uh, unfortunate that I decided to um, go and like run around outside in the yard and mow the lawn, mow the lawn and do all this mm. other stuff. It's a little hot out today. I didn't. I didn't eat much. I didn't have a lot of drinks, so you know, I'm a little, a little, uh, you know, a, a little slow today. But that's all right. It's all good. That's okay. Apparently, we have two fangirls who are more than willing to yap about this. Hey, no, it's all good. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe, like, I'll step in here. It's just like, you know, I don't know what it is, but there was something about, like, even the second watching, totally great, totally changes my opinion of, like, where I was going to go because I came into this movie in, like, the low threes, you know, like, how I, how I thought about this. Now, I can feel confident in giving it, like, you know, a solid four, but 
there's still like I don't know there was still like nothing that that um you know that really hit me that really like brought me to that next level of watching the movie um you know that that puts me up in that that um that four four nine or four nine you know like a four nine really wanting to beat a five uh territory um you know but i mean i guess this is the reason why we do this right you know because like everybody has like their own opinions and everything like that so um <clears throat> i just don't get it you know, I, you don't, I don't understand well see <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, it's still, it's still fun. You know, it's still a great, it's still a great movie and it's no, no way, you know, no way would I oh, say God. like later on, you know, someone says, um, you know, Hey, um, you know, you want to watch Iron Man three? I'm not going to be like, no, nah. you know, I don't feel like doing that. I was like, of course I will watch Iron Man. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's still like, it was, it was a great second ride and I'm glad I watched it. Um, you know, I'm glad I watched it again because now I have a deeper appreciation and maybe it's one of those movies that keeps getting better every time you watch it. Um, you know, so... Because there are some movies that I've seen that I have felt that way about. But yeah. I don't I don't get how you didn't... I don't get how you didn't like it enough to give it more than a four. Like, I, do explain. I'm, I'm confused about this. Well, the four? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm a moviegoer that kind of likes... Um, especially in, in the, the superhero movies anyway. You know, <clears throat> I like things better explained. Um, so when you, present, um, when you present a villain, even though it's a facade and all this other stuff, um, okay, so he's just the puppet and it's really this other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's, that's fine. <clears throat> but the, the thing that kind of got me... Um, is that, I don't know, maybe it was, what was his name again? Killian? Killian. Yeah, like, his, his, um, his resolve to, to get what he wanted, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe I just didn't connect with the whole, like, um, mutagen, like, super crazy turning people into bombs thing. You didn't like it or you yeah. didn't get it or well, well I do I mean, explain more. All right. So it's not that I didn't like it. I mean, I, I get it and they've actually used it again in, uh, in the Marvel cinematic universe. Like they, you know, people, um, in the, uh, TV show, um, agents, agents of, of shield, shield, they, there's a, there's a character and they start, they use that, that very same serum, mm-hmm. um, like a bunch of times actually. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess like I failed to understand what his motivations were for for doing all that stuff. You know, like you know, for for like why why does he have to use um why does he have to use people in order to to like get his like terroristic point across? Uh, Jeanette. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel as if I have to raise my hand since, you know, we're talking across the distance and everything. Sure. But I think that Maya actually explained it. And she was, she was, I think, the least well-developed character. I, I would agree. Right. But I think she explained it when she said, you know, we start out as pure science, all wide-eyed and devoted to, to discovery. And then ego sets in and we go nuts, basically. Yeah. And yes, that's a bastardization of what she says. Right. But it's pretty much still the gist. Okay. Where yeah, he, he did start out as this wide, and you see it in the beginning yep, with his sure. you know, 1999 interaction with Tony. 
he is so excited and passionate about his craft and what he's doing and what he can do. And then his pride gets hurt, and he kind of goes off the deep end with it. Right. But, I mean, okay, is it is it not nice to, you know, be like, yo, dude, I'll meet you on the roof, you know, and then not go? All right, yeah, it's not it's not nice. I mean, but that being the primary motivation for becoming a supervillain, like... No. The primary motivation for becoming a supervillain was that in tandem with the fact that he had um, a physical disability that he was able, or they were able, to combat, to cure, to question mark, whatever sure. whatever it is that you know you utilize the term for. And what it did was it basically gave him this sense of um, of complete and utter. Um, invulnerability and right. he was pissed off and upset and annoyed uh, with Tony mm-hmm. and so some people don't let things go he didn't let it go alright I know? mean I, I guess I'm with you on that like you know I, I, I get it you know um, <clears throat> I don't know I, it... I think that you know there are people who never forget a snub and if that's intrinsic in your personality, then I could understand how a feeling of invulnerability would lead you to do crazy things. People do it. People do it for stupider reasons than this guy left me up on the roof. You right. know, and yeah, especially if they're they're yeah. a little like screw they've got a little screw loose. Right. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, you've you've heard stories where like, you know, some somebody like, you know, looks at somebody the wrong way and the next thing you know they, right. they blow up their car you don't you, know, you didn't get your french fries at mcdonald's so you put a gun on the cashier like people do those things right. they're insane you know when if he's got that kernel in him and especially if the serum makes you like you see it in the people's eyes these people's uh, eyes that um that they are absolutely <laughs> they are absolutely um, 100% altered. Their mental state is altered when they undergo this serum. Even Pepper, there is a moment where when she is given the serum and she comes and she is this unstoppable force. There's this moment where the red goes into her eyes and you don't know whether she's going to turn on Tony, right? And a weaker person, because they paint her as a very strong woman, a mm-hmm. weaker person might have done so. I think it's a combination of a, perhaps a personality flaw and the serum making it such that it turns people, these wide-eyed, eager soldiers who have been harmed, who are you know sitting in front of the camera, who want to, to participate in the experiment for the good of their country sort of very very similar parallel to cap and then you see this woman in a bar in tennessee and she goes ape shit and she like like doesn't care about children doesn't care about people sticks her hand through the sheriff's stomach just because he questions her i think that that's a perfect perfectly it's not a leap to go Killian injected with the serum is similarly altered. 
that is part of what has impacted him. Right. So, I mean, all right, but was there a baseline? Because maybe I missed this again in the movie. Was there a baseline that says, okay, Killian gets left on the roof, Killian starts working on this thing, you know, they find out about the serum. Where does he inject himself? He does because... Like, no, no, I, I know, I know he does. But when? When does that happen? It happens before they start running the, the experiments with the soldiers. Okay. So he's he's done this before, like, the start of the Mandarin campaign. Correct. Because okay. Because what right. happens... I missed that. You, what happens is you see, like, somewhere in the storyline in one of the flashbacks, you see him um, standing before all of the soldiers that eventually become the bombs or whatever. Um, they He is standing there... And he is healthy and whole and well. And he wasn't that way in 1999. So somewhere gotcha. between 1999 and 2010, right. Right, right, he, right. he and Maya work on the serum enough right. to, to inject him. So maybe it was like developing the serum, you know, to maybe even help him or cure him of Correct. his ailment became, he became this other person because the serum affected him. Correct. That was the side effect. One of so, them, yeah. So, I mean, you know, kind of like a... You know, almost like a banner syndrome, a like a bit, banner, yeah. banner light. Yeah. You know, without Bruce, as in Bruce, the Hulk. Yeah, Bruce Banner. Yeah, without without the, uh, you know, yeah, giant hulking monster or abomination or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. All right, no, no, I get it. I get it now. So, so I, I have a deeper appreciation for his character now. Yeah, I know, mean, because, I think that, part- but but the you know, but I fault the movie. For, I mean, maybe it's maybe I should just fault my own attention span because you guys got it, but and you you only saw it once. But I, I mean, I, I would I fault either it is either my viewing experience or the movie for um, for not for not putting that out because I I I pay attention a lot to these things, you know, because I love these things so much. But how did I watch it twice and miss it? No, actually, I did too, though, Rich. Everything Danae just said makes complete and total sense, but I did not put two and two together either. I saw two and two. I didn't just make the, the logical leap from there. Right. I also think it might not help that you might have been playing video games while we were watching the movie the second time. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, maybe. You just out it. I, you know, I went into it. I, I, full candor here, because I hold nothing back, and, and that's, people love it or hate it. Um, I went into this movie um, thinking, oh, Rich hated it. I'm, we're we're not that disparate in opinions, so I'll go into it and I'm gonna play a video game while I watch. And from the moment I turned it on, like I thought, no, no, I and a couple of times I was like, I could no, no, and like my attention was glued to this movie from the start of it to the end of it. And I was texting Jeanette occasionally, and I was like, oh my god, this movie is crazy, <laughs> you know, just from the beginning to the end. Because she had texted me, she had seen it earlier um, than we had. And she was like, this movie is unbelievable. I think it won something like that. And, and Gwyneth P. Uh, kicked some butt there for a minute. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just thinking, nah, this is not happening. And then I watched it and I was like, she's so right. She's so on point about this. So, yeah. oh, she's yeah. looking up the exact quote. I would yes, hate to I am. I totally am. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've been outed. You know, it's uh, Geo, July 4th weekend. 
and I'm a Destiny player, <laughs> which means they ran an event. It's the Iron Banner, and I'm actually still not done. I still gotta go after this podcast to get some more get some more matches it, in. It's rather but, shocking that he didn't set up his mobile gaming rig to play while we were talking. <laughs> oh, come on now, come on! You always take the, take the time out for the podcast, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know it's it's a uh, it's pretty wild and um and yeah, though those who play Destiny know that uh, you know, it's Iron Banner is nothing to be messed with. But um, just saying, you missed something I that did. might not be the movie's fault. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I paid attention the first time. I watched the whole thing. No, no, no destiny. Nothing. Oh, well. You know, I, I think the only the only things that were that were around me were the Papa Man, um, Keith. <gasps> oh crap! And oh crap! Oh no! Did we leave the dogs outside? One of them, I think. Oh. <laughs> well. Good thing I said, uh, good thing I said something. <laughs> so, were they out there? She is, she was. Are they, like, hot, hot, hot pops? She, well, Pippa was underneath the table, but she's hot. Come pick some more, honey. Yep. Come on, I'm sorry, she might need I some more. She might need some more. Throw some, uh, no? Yeah, I guess she doesn't want the water. I'm sorry. Just like you left me out there. <laughs> I've been out there for 40 minutes. <laughs> she really has. <laughs> dog parent. <laughs> well, you, usually we are able to realize that they're outside because they're both outside and Pippin doesn't take long before he starts to bark. Yeah, so he'll, yeah, he'll bark and be like, let me get back in. Right. She doesn't so. bark, so. So, anyway, everybody's in, everybody's safe. <laughs> but, um,. So, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Maybe... I, I don't know. I just think it... I thought it was... I thought the twist was great. I, I got the leap. I got... Mm-hmm. You know, I got the impact of this horrible, terrible serum that, you know, is... It, it does good in terms of, of what... The physical effects, but terrible on the mental effects, you yeah. know... Yeah, you know, it makes you stronger, regenerates body tissue. Right. You know, like that that one that one lady didn't have an arm. Right. You know, and she like grew her arm, but then you turn into this like crazy raging person that. Right. If you go, you get too hot under the collar, you literally become a bomb. So. Right. It's pretty crazy. Well, I have to say, while I'm very happy that we got that resolved, and because again, I wasn't playing video games, I watched it twice, and I still did not connect those dots. Um, but there was there was one major plot hole in this whole entire story. And again, I like it enough, I loved it enough that I don't care, but it still existed. Oh, and it was not, was not Maya being completely and totally the least realistic villain I have ever seen, where she, she switches from, from like, oh, yeah, no, I'm still passionate about this, to, oh, wait, you're hurting Pepper? Let me interfere. Completely unrealistic. That's, it was to- total... Patsy change of heart. They needed it something. It, it, it was poor. It was. Agree. I would agree with that. It was like you don't expect her. You look like you want to say something. Go ahead. Oh no no no! Finish. You don't expect her to be the villain when she realizes that when you realize she's a villain, you're like that bitch, and then 
she has this weird, strange, very awkward change of heart and then ends up dead two seconds later. Didn't play well. And legitimately, we didn't necessarily need her. If she had been removed from the entire film and somehow this regeneration had been explained very simply another way... Yeah, it could have worked very well. It would have been fine. It would have been... And I agree. She was the biggest plot hole. And, you know, like... No, no, no. No, no. No, she wasn't the biggest plot hole. She was just an annoying little detail. Uh Oh. She was the biggest plot hole. So tell me what the biggest plot plot hole hole was. It was the fact that I was wondering the whole entire time, if all of this chaos is going on, where are the rest of the Avengers minus Thor? Yes, I wondered that, too. Why aren't Uh, the Avengers uh, intervening? They right. intervene yeah. for other things. You're absolutely right. I'm like, where are the other stupid Avengers? Yep, mm-hmm. that's that's true. That's true. Well, well and that's another part of my, um, that's another part of my feelings towards the the movie in general, is <clears throat> as far as, um, as far as um, total impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This movie, as awesome as as awesome of a watch as it was, and as deep as of a emotional connection that you get with Tony Stark's character during the movie, because it, you know, it does show more of his human side. It's a net zero to the course of the Marvel cinematic universe. This story could have literally not happened and nothing else would have been affected. Disagree. Does it kind of set up age of Ultron though? Mm, Not really because, because Tony was already tinkering with stuff. Like long before then, it's tinkering in Avengers. He was tinkering in Iron Man two. He was tinkering in Iron Man one. That's what he does, you know. But I, I mean, we can have this in depth conversation about Tony Stark and Ultron when we get to the Age of Ultron, because okay. it, it's not the way it's happened. Like that, you know. Okay. It's just like in reality, in in the books, that's not the way it happened at all. Um. So so there so there is that so there is that point. But I don't see a link, you know, the, nothing about any of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe MacGuffins, okay? No Infinity Stone talk, nothing about that, the grandiose plan of, of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that will, that will end in Avengers 3. None of that. Um, nothing really about um, the other Avengers at all. Like, no. I don't think there was a single one that's mentioned until the end credit scene where... where um, where Tony hilariously is talking to to uh, to Banner about advice, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty great. awesome. That was great. Um, and um, you know, you know, no Cap, no Thor, no nothing. Right. There's I mean, you know, in, no well, Shield. Thor was mentioned. He was mentioned because the the little kid who Tony tells him to to stop being a pussy. Mm-hmm. Um, the little kid's like, you know, are they are they going to come back? And Thor says no. And Yes, he was talking about the aliens, but it also seemed like he was talking about Thor also. Right, right. Well, and and I Thor have has to... An excuse. What's but that? The rest of them, at least Thor has an excuse for not being there. That's but true. the rest of them, not so much. Well, and especially, like, if we look at Cap, who's, you know, sole purpose in, in many senses is to defend the United States yeah. of America, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's not present... Is a problem. You're right. It absolutely is. I'm sitting here and I'm like thinking, thinking this worldwide, you know, web of terror that the Mandarin has established in a very short period of time and blah, 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 blah. It's not isolated to Malibu, California. It's not um, it's not one of those things. This is the kind of threat that the Avengers, 
you know, decimate. That's what they do. That's their whole purpose, right? And why is Tony fighting alone, right? And because it's not called Avengers Two, which is why that you know that's 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 it. The, yeah. the, the whole reason for that this not them not being there is because this is not called Avengers Two, right? I still feel they could have come up with some creative explanation, like okay, uh, what's his name, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who I'm blanking on right Nick now. Shield. Or um, Nick Shield. Hello, Nick Fury. Yeah, Nick Shield. Yeah. Nick Fury. Nick Shield. Okay, he was off in Europe or something, you know, doing whatever, uh, which is why he mentions in Captain America. Oh, wait, no. Captain America 2 comes next. So, mm-hmm. no, he has no excuse. No, Not he's hanging out. Makes- yeah, Shield is, Shield's up and running. Everybody's doing their thing. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe um, Fury, is, you know, Fury's excuse is he is too busy with Coulson because Coulson's actually still breathing. No, that doesn't cut it. No. Again, the whole entire country is crumbling around. Oh. Yeah. No, it's, the dog's looking weird. Okay. She's actually looking thirsty, but she's silly because the water bowl's over here and she's all the way across the room on the couch. We're not bringing the water to you, dog. You have to come get the water. <laughs> Princess Chew. So, so yeah, no. There's, there's no excuse for why at least the other Avengers are, and and Shield in general is not mentioned. Yeah. So I mean, but. But again, it's such a good movie. No, it. it I mean, like, in in and of itself, the containing story was was good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that, I I mean, I really think that maybe even above and beyond any of the others that we've seen which might include the one we excluded from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you could literally remove this movie and no impact. Like, no impact on the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't think I see one connection. The only, the only thing we, we get is a really in-depth look at Tony Stark's kind of, like, mental breakdown after the events of the Avengers. You don't think that's important? It is important. To lead up to Age of Ultron? It's an important, like, story... But, I mean, I don't know. We, again, when we get there, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we'll, like, maybe I'll really look at Tony Stark's character when, I, when we watch Avengers, Avengers 2 again. And then I'll see, like, all right, well, no, he had to have, you know, Iron Man 3 has to be there because he had had such a, you know, huge, you know, all those things impacted him so much that this, that this happened for Avengers 2. But I don't even see that. I understand, though. Like, I didn't understand before, because obviously I've missed um, movies in the MCU. I understand now much, 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 much more why things in Avengers 2 happened in terms of what, you know, Tony's hang-ups with New York and the whole thing. Like, I get that. I get the psychology of it now. I get why, like... I just looked at him before and was like, he's such a stupid ass. And now I understand. I mean, he's still a stupid ass. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, um, but he, there's real true fear, anxiety, all of that behind it. I, mm-hmm. I get that. I, and I, without this movie, I wouldn't have understood it. I watched Avengers 2 twice and it was fine. It was plausible enough but you know and and tony's hubris can pull it off you know what i mean like he his but 
but the underlying, the subtext underlying it is is really what came to light through this movie. So, gotcha. you know, is it necessary? Do we need it? Is it, you know, maybe not, but its ability to create depth and breadth in in other movies, I think, is is its net gain. All right. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. So, Plus but, I liked um, it. huh? Plus I liked it. So. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, I guess this leads us to, um, you know, uh, what's, what's coming next. So, you know, it, we're, we're going from a super high <laughs> to, to Thor 2, Thor the Dark World. So. Okay. Rich, can, can I ask a question in that case? Sure. Uh, when Danae and I watch it next weekend before we discuss it with you and everything, uh-huh. how many cases of alcohol do we need in order <laughs> to get through? <laughs> um, well, this one is a little different um, because um, you, although you, alcohol might have to be involved, uh, I would always recommend that when watching a Thor movie. Um <laughs> You know, like in moderation, of course, you know, because, you know, don't go and like get slammed people that are listening to this podcast. I'm not like condoning like massive quantities of alcohol while watching Thor, but sometimes a little is necessary just to help you through. Ease the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I mean, not as much as is going to be required for this one. And, um, unfortunately, um, some attention needs to be paid to the actual story that's going on. Um, but because- why? Because Thor The Dark World has almost everything to do with stuff that's going to come later. You know, like, the entire story is around one of the pieces of the Avengers 3 puzzle. So, they get real deep into it. Plus, you get more Loki, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it's great. And, um, you know, and, and, it's, and it's cool. It's really cool, Loki, because, you know, like, there's some, there's some, like, wild things that happen. Um, and I think even there's other, like other Marvel Cinematic Universe characters either get mentioned or seen or, or like they play around with a, a whole bunch of stuff with that, um, which is pretty cool. Is that insipid woman in it? Which one? Natalie Portman. Yeah, her. Oh yes, of course. You have to. It's a Thor movie. So she's uh, she's all all up in there. She's so so. Okay. So is really? so is uh, Kat Dennings too, and she says meow meow like. Three, three thousand times. It's uh, pretty fantastic, actually. <laughs> Say again what you were saying before. G G G. I'm not even sure if I remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, who's worse, Natalie Portman or Gwyneth Paltrow? Natalie Portman. Oh. She's got Ow. no personality. Like Gwyneth Paltrow is annoying. Don't get me wrong, but Na- Natalie Portman's just so flat. Look at me, I'm so pretty. <laughs> nice. Okay, see, this, this is where we need it to be a video blog, because mm-hmm. uh, that's an awesome face today. <laughs> that's good. That's good times. She's oh. got nothing. It's like, I know she went to Harvard or Yale or something. She must be smart. She yep. just doesn't act like she is. Look at me, I'm so she pretty. she doesn't act, period. Right, she just, <laughs> there's nothing. It's, it's just... 
the, the vapid is the best I could come up with. They're just completely flat. flat. She's yeah. just so flat. She's got one expression. Like a soda with no fizz. <laughs> like a soda with no fizz. Wow. Good. I like it. I like it. That's uh, that's Which is good. the worst kind of soda there is. Yeah. I hate a Sierra. Unless there's alcohol involved. Yeah, even that. A Sierra Mist without fizz is pointless. If you've already consumed enough alcohol to not care about the lack of fizz, though, then you're fine. Oh, valid. There you go. But if there's no fizz in the Sierra Mist, how much alcohol have you consumed that there there's lacking carbonation? That might be a problem. As, as much as I am enjoying this debate, I'm kind of <laughs> wondering how much our listeners are. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. digress. Again. That's all right. That's mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, I guess a little housekeeping stuff. Um, so, if you've made it this far, you know, you've kind of noticed that things are sounding a little bit different. Um, you know, let us know in the comments. Um, you know, hit us up at Sharbangles uh, at BaconIceCream.com um, with all your, your comments and stuff. Um, but let us know how it is. Um, you know, we've got the official podcast gear back up and running. Um, yay. Yay. We got yay. mics and, you know, what's good stuff. And even even when we have people uh, really far away on Skype, they're actually, um, you know, you can hear them pretty clearly. So, um, you know, like, let us know how we're doing, um, you know, whether or not, like, there were some weird things happening in the audio. Um, you know, of course, I'm going to do what I can post before I, you know, put this up on the uh, on the web. But, um, you know... You know, if you have any suggestions or comments, you know, of course, about the content or, um, you know, the recording itself, just let us know. You know, just say say hi. Reach out. Um, resubscribe, too, um, in case uh, you t- maybe thought we went away. We um, didn't. No, we didn't. We're, we just, you know, we were we were away for a little bit, but we're back, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep going and uh, trying, trying to get, get even more episodes out for you um, as, as, uh, as soon as we can, as soon as we can get to yeah. them. Next week, we're looking at doing Thor The Dark World, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then um, we'll give you the date. Ne- What's that? No, Capt- Captain America. Okay, okay. And I then, and then Guardians. <laughs> and then we will get back to you in uh, next week about what date we're going to end up doing the Captain America 2. Yep. And then at the end of that, Captain America 2 podcast will get you the date for the Guardians, which is Jeanette's least favorite Marvel movie ever, apparently. Oh, yes. 1,000%. The face she has on her. Again, if we were doing a video podcast, you would see us in our pajamas and Jeanette making (laughs) the best face ever. So, best, worst face ever. So, um, anyway. um, So, yeah. So, stay tuned for dates for our next podcast and we will catch you next week, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else have anything else before we... We we uh, head out or I just have one line from from Iron Man two or three that I need to mention because it was so absolutely awesome. Right. After Tony Stark is like kicking ass and everything and and defeating all the little minions, uh, this is just about halfway through the movie, and one of the villains just like throws his gun to the ground and puts his hands up and goes, "Honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird." And just like zips <laughs> out of the picture. Yes. That's his whole entire 
20, what, 10 seconds? It's awesome. No, I'm not it was. Tony, Tony, like, waves at him with his Iron Man hand, because he's only got, like, two pieces of his armor, right? <laughs> and uh, and he, like, waves at him with his Iron Man hand, and the dude just bounces. It was a great moment. It was actually a really fantastic moment. Yeah. And and understandably, like, here's this man who's probably a mercenary who's getting paid, right? And he's like, uh, this place is really odd. And I get that. I told It was awesome. I it was. That, and now I'm gonna shut up. Oh, <laughs> my favorite line of the whole movie, though. It's so mean. After he calls the kid who's helping him a pussy, right? Because his dad left and he was a little hung up on it. Um, and Tony tells him what he needs. And the kid's like harping on him about like, tell me about stuff from New York and whatever. And Tony stops him and looks at him and goes, you know what I keep thinking? And the kid looks at him and goes, what? And he goes, where's my tuna fish sandwich? And I'm like, you are such a dick. You are such a dick. And I, this kid is trying to like befriend you and help you and be there for you because you got no one because the Avengers didn't show up. And this kid is working on it. And you're like, where's my freaking tuna fish sandwich? So, yeah. Yeah. Best line of the movie, in my opinion. So, Where's How about my... Rich? Do you have a favorite line? Um, well, no. Those two moments were actually like pretty. Were, were pretty. Were pretty awesome. Um, you know, I. I don't think I can. I don't think I have another another moment that that comes to mind. That's like, you know, one of one of a one of a, like a favorite line or or a, a quip or or anything. Um, I, I do. I do. However, like. Um, I do. I did, however, like that there was more, um, that there was more Iron Iron Patriot in this one, mm. you know, and like you know, their their back and forth is always funny. Yeah, um, and and Don Cheadle kicks the mass in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that was, was completely fine with him being the Iron Patriot in this one. Yeah. Yep. When he was escaping, like he gets out, you know, uh, Killian melts his armor. He's like getting beat up by the thugs, whatever, and. I don't know what happens. Killian leaves, and then he like he basically kicks some ass, and and rightly so. He's a colonel in. The... No, no, he gets he gets taken out. He gets punched out, and then all of a sudden he's back in the picture. That was a little confusing. Oh, I missed that part because I thought he was fighting back, but you know he's pretty kick ass for just a colonel in the U.S. Air Force, right? He's mm-hmm. in the Air Force, um, yeah. and he he's pretty fierce i think and and when they reunite and they're you know and they're the boat and whatever you know uh jerome's boat and they're you know i thought that was pretty cool and the whole thing so mm-hmm. i uh, my second favorite moment in the movie i will say is unrealistic as it is is when tony which you don't realize is virtual when he's in the suit um in the airplane right and he falls and he asks jarvis how many people he can carry because a bunch of the people from the plane are falling down. Those who haven't been shot are have been ejected, right? And um, they're free falling and he gets them and he's like barrel of monkeys, barrel of monkeying them down into the ocean. Uh-huh. That was pretty cool in terms of cin- cinematography. It was a pre- I don't know how they did it. It looked like they were really falling. I'm not sure how they barrel of monkeyed that up, but... And yet, and yet, you know, first of all, I was very concerned that he was not going to get on the 
and then he rescues them all, and then he dumps them into the ocean, and my only thought was, oh my gosh, there could be sharks. <laughs> there were boats. I was not all that impressed with him at that moment because he left them to get eaten by sharks. There <laughs> were boats right by. They, they were uh, going to rescue them. attacked in like the, what, three minutes it would have taken the ships to get over and rescue them. That's Pre- all I'm saying. Pretty That's sure true. there weren't any sharks. I'm pretty sure there all those... Been, it, it's the ocean. It's the ocean. Pretty sure it was a bay, and there are no <laughs> sharks. Sharks can still get a bay. <laughs> no. <laughs> I disagree. It was very cool. Stop, <laughs> stop raining on my parade. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, you think Tony gets hit by the, uh, the truck. Oh, right. And that's where you learn that it's virtual, because, like, the, the tractor trailer comes out of nowhere. And and the pieces of Iron Man go everywhere, right? You know, the pieces of the suit go like, everywhere. Woo! Yeah, and you're like, <gasps> and you know he's going to make it, even if he did get hit by the truck. And then you see him in the boat. And I'm like, oh, that's why they gave you that uh, an hour and a half before to show you that he's controlling some of the suits virtually. When Gwyneth Paltrow comes home and he's, like, trying to, like, mack on her in the suit and it's not really him in the suit. Yeah. Because he's really in the workshop, which she doesn't want him to be in. Oh, the last thing I took on bridge with. Why did all of those... Though we got some fireworks on the 4th of July, which we don't usually go out to see because I don't like crowds and it's insane around here going to the fireworks. So it was very festive. Um, despite the fact that this was happening around Christmas time. Why destroy all the suits? All the 42 suits that he's made and the ones that didn't get destroyed by the fire people... Why, why do that? I That I had an issue with. Pepper wanted him to. Okay. She didn't want him to spend as much time on it. And I know Jeanette and I had had a little bit of a conversation about that yesterday while we were trying to get this up and running. Yeah. And I just wasn't yeah. thrilled with that explanation. Well, I mean, there might be even more questions, though, when we get to Avengers 2. Okay. Because why then... Does all the stuff in Avengers 2 happen? Right. You know. So, so, but, you know, like, you know, to to be be continued on that one, I think. I mean, obviously, he says at the end, before the credits roll, I am Iron Man. I don't need the suit, is essentially what he says. Like, I am Iron Man. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not this, the the suit is not Iron Man. I am. And all that he's gone through has demonstrated that. And obviously, there's a suit one suit that remains for him to be Iron Man in. But, he, you know, the proof in the pudding is he doesn't need the suit to be Iron Man. He is. Right. So why 42 suits had to go? Why, why is that? Why, yeah, why, why can't we keep the really cool steel looking one? That one was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. So that that's what I got for you folks in this ve- yep. the longest postscript ever. After- <laughs> so. Which was all my fault. I will take full responsibility for it. No, it's all good. So all right. Well, so I guess you know we'll we'll see you uh, next week when we go ahead and uh, and you know take in some uh, some Thor: The Dark World. Um, but until then, um, I'm Rich. I'm Danae. And Jeanette. And, uh, you know, this has been episode six of Sharp Angles, and we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.